A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Well, it looks as though Tottenham Hotspur have found themselves in a title race of Arsenal. Maybe. Anyway, we might be. We might be on that trajectory. Um, another great win. <laughs> they just keep on coming. It's maybe not the prettiest football we've ever seen from Spurs, but dare I say it's starting to look like the most efficient, effective football we've maybe ever seen. Let's say let's, let, we can reflect on this at the end of the season. Um because let's not forget, Mourinho had us top of the table, close to the top of the table by Christmas. So, you know, I'm not making that comparison before before you jump on me. Just saying that uh, it's too early to say. But we move within a point of them. Second in the table right now. Um, might be joint second, actually. Or maybe we're, yeah, maybe we're still technically third. Let's have a quick look. Might be a goal difference thing. Either way, I mean, we're on level points with Manchester City, who obviously still have a game in hand. And we are, yeah, we're third. Um, Goal difference, fucking hell. Manchester City's goal difference, 24 goals. Um, You know, sat on 12. It's another win, though. Seven wins, two draws, one loss. Apparently, our best ever start to a Premier League season. I don't have any of the data that kind of, you know, confirms or denies that. So I'll just go with what I saw a random person on Twitter say. Um, But yeah, another just comfortable looking performance, wasn't it? There were a couple of hairy moments. Uh, Everton obviously came here and tried to play a similar game to, you know, I guess what we're accused of doing. I, I said this on Twitter and people are like, this isn't what we do. This is what, this is what Sean Dyche does or this is what Mourinho does. And it, come on, it's kind of what we do, really. Let's be honest. Um, but thankfully for us, they don't have Kane and Son playing for them. So they, I mean, they had that one chance, they had a, a good chance of Inanna and that good chance of Demar Gray as well. Both of them probably should have done better with their opportunities, but other than that, uh, I don't. I believe Everton didn't even have a a shot on target in the second half. Um, I have a feeling. I don't know why. I have a sort of feeling that I've referred to Everton as Leicester already in this podcast. So forgive me if I've actually done that. Um, had a pretty heavy night last night. Ooh, on Iard. Um, it's a Friday night, fuck off. Stop being so puritanical about it, all right? Don't be so fucking judgmental. Look, you know, it's a stressful time at the moment, right? If somebody wants to have a bit of bit of red wine on a Friday evening, fucking, what's your problem, you know? Fucking act like you're better than me. Um, Went up to Oxfordshire to visit the Dalai Farmer, Rich Grove. Um, Grove underscore digger. Been on the pod a few times. I'm sure you'll all know him. Of the Varside pod um, fame. I uh, I got in trouble um, with them, apparently. 
because I didn't mention that Rich, last time I was speaking about Rich, I didn't mention that he's part of the Varside pod. So sorry, lads, if any of you are listening. Uh, there you go. That's several plugs now. Um, but yeah, I went to visit Rich on his, I don't know if any of you follow him on Twitter, but he goes up and down sort of the canals on a narrow boat and it's been breaking down a lot and it's been a, you know, it's been a real fixer upper. But today, got out on the narrow boat up and down. I even drove it for a little bit. Didn't crash. So, you know, I'm a, I'm an able-bodied seaman, eh? as they say, as they say. Bit of blue for the dads. Bit of blue for the dads. Um, let's talk about Tottenham today. Let's let's get back to that. Thank you, Rich. Though. Thanks, thanks for your hospitality and thanks for the copious amounts of red wine that are currently making my brain a bit fuzzy. Um, Fuzzy at the best of times, really, isn't it? Let's be honest. But yeah, Everton tried their best to kind of stunt our play, and it's just. I think it's Lamp, personally speaking, I think it's Lampard trying to just be a bit too smart, a bit too cute. It. I've already. Well, I guess I said it, you know, it could have worked. They could have nicked, nicked a couple of goals, and it would have looked like a job well done. But at the same time, man, you know. I don't. I don't think. I don't think you can try that with Spurs. I don't think you can try. It, given how defensively solid we've been for, let's be honest, the majority of this season, I don't think you can try and get too fancy with it. You know, we all know. We know by now the way you got to try and stop Tottenham is just be ultra combative in the midfield and run us. We don't like it up us, as I say. I don't even know if anyone listening to this knows the etymology. Let's say that, yeah, the etymology of that expression, where that originally came from, because it's one of those things I've always grown up, and people have always sort of said it as a. I guess it's a quote from somebody. Um, that's what I'm guessing. I don't know what it is. So if I'm sort of quoting someone horrific or something, you know, then apologies. It's just you know, it's just one of those turns of phrase, isn't it, that always seems to be lumped in with football. Um, but Everton, try as they might, they just they couldn't really do anything against us, and we were just we were composed. Um, we're starting to get a bit boring, and I think Richarlison's calf strain really. Sorry, Richie lad, but it did us a favour, didn't it? Switching to the three-five-two. We just, we just look so much better like that, don't we? We look, it, we instantly. Um, they showed you on on Sky the stat that came up was saying that in the like the thirteen minutes or something ridiculous that Basuma had been on the pitch, we'd had eight shots on goal, um, and it just, I, I just, it does, it, it, it interests me as to what Conte's hesitation is around that system because we don't lose any. As far as I can see, we don't lose any of our defensive stability. All it does is allows our midfield sort of central pairing to play with a bit more freedom, knowing that the Basuma's there to help them out. And Kane and Son, if anything, just move so much better when they're playing in tandem with one another. Um, And it's not saying, I, you know, I've, I've seen quite a few people like sort of saying that, is it time for us to talk about what a waste of money Richarlison's been. And I think that's harsh, really. You know, I still think Richarlison's 
overall net good. Um, yeah, it's not it's not been astounding. I'm not going to pretend otherwise. But I like him. I think he's a good guy to have around, and I think he's he's somebody that we're going to see the best of if he's kind of a part of that too. I've said that several times now, and I still think that um, whether it's rotating with Kane or whether it's rotating with Son, either way. That's when we're going to get the best out of him, I think, personally. Anyway, Antonio, you know, if you want to take any tips from from a podcaster, you know. Um, but yeah, we looked instantly better with that. Um, I thought the, we sort of we had the bit between our teeth in that in that second half as well. Um, Kane, you know, we obviously talk about individuals in a moment, but it was a real. Classic Harry Kane performance today. I thought he was he really fancied it, and he was at the heart of a lot of what we were doing. Um, didn't stop running all game. Obviously, took his penalty well. Um, I think it's the first time in many, many, many years, or at least as long as I can genuinely recall, that I've actually been nervous seeing Harry Kane stepping up to take a penalty. I just had a feeling today that it might rattle him for some reason. You know, he's missed, uh, what is it, Forest? He missed one. And then, obviously, the other night, he skied that one. Yes, I'm not going to do a segment on drinking water again. Um, I'm just going to drink water and you can lump it. Uh, But he skied that one the other day, but he stepped up and took it. I I actually, I felt like um, Pickford got a finger to it, but... The replay, I, I don't think he quite did. Maybe it was just my sort of my anxiety playing up, seeing him him hit the penalty. But well taken penalty. Um, he was, yeah. I mean, he was pretty instrumental in making the second goal as well. Um, it's obviously instructed sort of Bentancur to run on, and Bentancur took it from there. Obviously, um, great goal actually, the second goal. Uh, But it's just, you know, it's kind of nice being back in the place as a Spurs fan where you never never want to take these games for granted. And I don't think we ever would as a fan base really, like seriously ever take a game for granted. Um, Maybe if we won two Premier Leagues back to back and we clearly look like the best team in the country and everyone else is horrific, then yeah, we might start turning up thinking we're just going to win games. So there's always going to be that nagging feeling, though, until that point, that unlikely imagined scenario there that Spurs aren't aren't going to be the team that we're just going to be like, yeah, we'll comfortably win this. But I think many of us did think going into this game, we should be winning this game. And to see us win it fairly comfortably, uh, it's good to see. It's good to see. Um, and I'm starting to notice now a lot of the punditry was talking about the fact that you know, nobody's actually really talking about Spurs. We're hearing a lot of chat about Arsenal, hearing a lot of chat about City. Um, but Spurs are just there kind of ticking along, doing their thing. And I'm quite happy with that, you know. I think when I was a bit younger and... I don't know. I'm not sure. I just... I, I, I've experienced, I guess to a level under the sort of, especially the Redknapp era, because Redknapp was a media darling. And when we were really, really good under Pochettino, people actually started to talk about us with a bit of respect, I feel. But for the majority of the time, it's always been kind of, 
whenever Tottenham are doing well, it's always sort of treated with that air of ah, it's a matter of time till they fuck up, isn't it? And I get why people get quite triggered when they feel that we're not kind of getting fair representation in terms of the chat about who's a really good team this year and who isn't. But I really don't care. You know, like, I think we've seen that. I think and most of this is, you know, we've seen it over the past however long now. Whenever we do actually start falling into the spotlight, that's usually when we will. Uh, remains to be seen whether or not that will be the case under Conte. I mean, we certainly didn't. We were definitely in the spotlight at the tail end of last season when it came to that, you know, top four race with Arsenal. And they were the ones that completely wilted, you know. And this is the thing, you know, we can... I probably need to remind myself of this. I definitely need to remind myself of this. Arsenal looked really good last year as well. You know, they looked really good for large parts of the season. Um, but really, when the real pressure was on, when it came to real crunch time, that's when they wilted. Uh, and a lot of people have said of this Arteta project, it feels overly emotional. I do agree with that um, to an extent. I do think they're better, obviously, than last year. They've added to the team. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's fun. One thing I do want to say, right, and... I understand that there's probably a level of bias to this. I do think there's, you know, I think there's a real ugly toxicity that's engulfing Arsenal right now. I think it's kind of gone past the point of being like, you know what, fair play. Because a lot of people, right, we're digging out there kind of like, a lot of people are digging out this kind of, oh, look, they think they're ultras at the Emirates. And uh, Flav and um, Flav Ricky and Felonius were talking about this on the Fighting Cock the other day. Um, and sort of, it, you know, Flav was landing on the point that, like, you know, I hate it, but fair play to them. They're they're supporting the club. Arsenal's home ground, the Emirates, is as loud as I've ever heard it, and I agree with him. You know, and it's we don't like it, but you know, I I don't really buy into the whole. Oh, they're really cringy and all this type of stuff. Like, fair play to them. They're supporting their club. They're excited. They're doing well and they're making some noise. I see. I was looking on Arsenal Twitter the other day. I'm not. I wasn't searching it out. Just you know what Twitter's like. You go down these rabbit holes, and I saw a load of them talking about the fact that I think COVID meant that loads of the older season ticket holders didn't renew, and it's meant that there's kind of a new wave of season ticket holders now in the ground, and they brought with them a kind of youthful energy and all that type of stuff. So it does. It, it shows. Um, but my point was more that. Whenever I go down Twitter threads or anything now, some of the just the really ugly comments and just um, it was, was pointed out the other day, you know, like when Party scored against Spurs and people were like atting his, I suppose I've got to say, alleged victim. Um, my personal opinion on the matter, I'm just covering my back, I guess. Um that he that they were adding her with all this kind of stuff, hold that L and all this type of stuff. And I just think you know, you don't want to turn this stuff into into a kind of a tribal thing. All fans have a fucking grim element. Um we know this. But I do feel like theirs is quite loud at the moment. And you can't help but feel when the figurehead of their club, who is Mikel Arteta right now, is referring to Thomas Party as a victim um, in his post-match press conferences and stuff like that it's it's ugly um, 
I think it has gone past kind of like they're just oh we don't like Arsenal because we're Tottenham stuff and I just think in a footballing sense they've gotten a bit grim and you know what if we sort of put that stuff aside because this these sort of things are we, we do need to have conversations about this stuff but they shouldn't just be used to kind of score points in Twitter arguments and stuff like that um, that's my personal opinion on that you know I'm not preaching to anybody as to what they should do but you know I often see quite a few Spurs fans say well at least we're not cheering on a you know whatever unpleasant character like that to me it's just it's not really you know I don't think we really need to do that um I think we need to have better sort of conversations at higher levels I'm surprised maybe it's a you know fear of legal ramifications and stuff but I am kind of well maybe I shouldn't be surprised I think this is probably just a a male opinion as to oh I'm so surprised that nobody's talking about the fact that Mikel Arteta was calling Thomas Partey a victim in this thing but I'm sure uh, <laughs> any women listening are probably like yes Jack that that sort of stuff happens all the time so um, it's just dis- just disappointing to see isn't it but we don't need to make this pod all about that um, it's probably a, a a more in-depth conversation required by people who aren't me on the matter Um but my point is that you know Spurs. At the end of the day, Arsenal. Arsenal. They're just. They're an ugly fan base. They're ugly. Even they're sort of. When we're talking about in in the sporting sense, when they're talking about us, they're so just. I don't know. They've got this real grim, weird snobbery about them and what they are and what Tottenham are and all this kind of like. Ugh, I don't know. Their rhetoric's weird. Um, I can't wait. God, I'm just desperate for that whole thing to fall to pieces. Um, and hopefully we're going to be there to capitalise once again when it does happen because we just seem to kind of be getting the job done. And today was another prime example of that. I've waffled a bit today, haven't I? Um, let's let's go into the players. Hugo Lloris, don't really think he had much to do today. Good performance. Distribution seemed okay. Um, yeah, good game. Not going to go on about him for too long. Ben Davies, interesting to see him come back into the team just after I'd been saying the other day that Longley looks like he's going to be our first choice. Um, maybe he's just tired. Maybe it's the fact that this is a squad game. That we've got a hectic schedule. There isn't a starting eleven. There's a group of good players that Conte's assembled that he trusts, that he drills, that he coaches to a level that he thinks is acceptable for his exacting standards um and Ben Davies quite clearly is a player who is largely dependable and he showcased that t- today um was a was a very good Ben Davies performance I thought solid I'll put Eric Dyer in that as well again another good Eric Dyer recovering from his sort of his his little error in the week um Probably the first one, as I was saying at the time, probably the first one I've noticed for a long time. But again, I think he was solid, switched on, marshaled defence really well today. Um, Conte, or as he called him, undroppable in the in the run up to this game, and it's it's correct, right? You could <laughs> he is he's the centre point of our defence. Um, Romero arguably has a higher ceiling, um, but 
at this point in time. I think I still think Eric Dyer's our best defender, probably. Um, and he's our one of our sort of de facto captains in a way. Good performance. Good performance by him. Good performance by One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ben Davis, it's another clean sheet, you know, when all said and done. It just didn't really look like Everton were going to get past us, I guess, other than the two occasions when they nearly did. Christian Romero as well, good performance day. It looks like he's, uh, for all my kind of conspiratorial rambling about him saving himself for the World Cup and everything, it does look like he's kind of getting back to his old self again a bit at the moment. Um, some some really aggressive neat football play today um again pushing high up the pitch doesn't really give them the opposition a second to rest it's almost like he becomes a bit of a dm sometimes in this system um which you would imagine is a is an intentional thing by conte harnessing his kind of athleticism his speed the fact he can get up and down the pitch quicker than i would say davis or dyer can and he's just he's dogged, isn't he? He gets stuck in in those positions. So, yeah. Good performance. Good performance. Day. Good performance from the whole defence and from Luis. Um, Perisic. He whipped in a couple of good balls today. I, I sort of I was a bit torn on Perisic today, you know. Um, I saw a few tweets from people saying they thought he was brilliant. I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent if I thought he was or not, you know. Um, it's funny because I, I really, I obviously, I, you know, I've spoken about it at length on here. I really, really like Perisic. I'm really glad we got him. Um, but I kind of, I just felt that twinge of like disappointment when Sessignon was benched. Uh, because I think he's been playing really well every time he has been playing this season. And I'm, it's funny, he still really divides opinion. It, he is, to me, he's a classic example of one of those players where I sometimes wonder like, if we're watching two different players. I know, it's, again, that's an old cliche and everything, but it does feel that way, right? Um, because I see people talk about Sessignon as this horrific get-him-out-as-soon-as-we-can-level footballer. And I see other people talk about him. You know, I'm probably closer to that camp, not quite as effusive in my praise, but still um, talking about what a kind of brilliant player he is. He's got a massive um, ceiling, which I think he does. I still have those sort of, you know, nagging doubts about his kind of his mentality and everything like that, but. 
he's been playing really well. But yeah, Perisic today, it would be harsh to criticise him, but it wasn't that exciting a performance from him. I didn't think, although in saying that, you know, he does get up and down the wing. um, And you do feel like when he is in that position towards the opposition final third, would I rather he had the ball in that position with space or would I rather Sessegnon did? I'd probably say Perisic, you know, so that's maybe the, maybe it's these kind of marginal gains that Conte is is thinking about in these sort of situations. Um, he knows he's sacrificing somewhat more of the one-on-one defensive capabilities, but then he knows that behind him he's got either Davies or Longley, who are two very, very solid players. Um, and it's funny, I didn't see any of it, but apparently a lot of Barcelona Twitter were watching our Champions League game the other night being like, fuck's sake, man, why is Longley kind of doing really well for them? Um, <laughs> it was really funny as well, seeing everyone dig out that Carlo... Uh, Gagnesi, um probably butchered the pronunciation, but the Italian journalist who was kind of re- he was pissing himself when we signed Kulisevsky and Bentancur, just being like, ha 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 ha, Tottenham signed two of the worst players in Serie A type thing. And everyone was just kind of digging this lad out, digging out that tweet and everything. Um, and he was particularly unpleasant to Paul O'Keefe in response to that. So uh, I didn't think that was very, very kind whatsoever you don't need to start bringing people's personal appearance into things if you're uh, not you know not really enjoying their opinion on football um let's just try and be a bit better than that shall we everybody something i always tell myself as well you know i'm not i'm not above being nasty to people online i feel like i'm trying trying over the past few years pandemic in it man pandemic it's just saying it made us all well a lot of us made just changed our view of the world a little bit um matt doherty not a great performance kind of similar to perisic but you know what i'd rather see him as a permanent fixture than emerson you know like i don't think we i don't think he's massively suspect in any position in any kind of aspect of his game um i think he is a fit player still um he might not be as much an athlete as emerson um but i do think he's on balance especially in an attacking sense a better player um I do think there's a little element of like, um, you know, I want to say, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's much of a muchness between the pair of them, right? Um, and a mate of mine was actually fuming about Conte's treatment of Spence. Um, I didn't actually see it, but apparently he made Spence warm up was going to bring him on and then made him sit down again. Um, I think he was supposed to be bringing him on with Sanchez or something like that and then ended up bringing him on about five minutes later with Skip and he had about 30 seconds of game time, which, you know, I I do think Doherty did start to look leggy towards the end of the game, actually, to be fair. Um, So a lot of the stuff about fitness that Conte has been talking about is is probably, you know, apt here. Um, 
It's probably part of the reason why he's not you know, a guaranteed starter right now. But I think for the time being... I put out a tweet the other day and I was getting dug out for this. I wasn't I wasn't saying that Emerson Royale... So I quote tweeted a guy who was saying that basically, you know, Emerson Royale is... This isn't verbatim, but it was Emerson Royale is awful. It really couldn't get any worse right now. And I just quote tweeted it saying like, you know, I, I'm not really that big on Emerson Royale and I'd actually quite like to see Jed Spence play but I think to say that like it couldn't get worse than Emerson Royale is part of this massive hyperbole that we're kind of hearing around the guy right now um, that I just don't agree with Um, but that said I probably would rather see Doherty Stein than Emerson right now Um, because I just think going forwards there's more of a threat there there is and we know that our kind of our our opportunities and our chances are at a premium shall we say in this system and just the way Conte likes us to play so when we do get into advanced good positions we've got runners forward it's just so hard seeing Emerson Royale kind of either pass the ball backwards or just hit the hit his cross into the first man and to be fair, often get a corner out of that, but still, you know. And I think Doherty, you've got you've just got a lot more awareness of what the other players are doing, how they're moving, what they're capable of, um, and just I think he likes to go at the opposition a bit more. I often feel that Emerson's always a bit he's a bit afraid of uh, of running at anybody and taking them on. He likes to run into the space um, and he plays it very safe because I, I don't think he's as confident in his ability to sort of take somebody on. Whereas I think Doherty, he's got that he's got that dog in him, as they say. <laughs> and he likes to kind of, he likes to get into these one-on-ones. He likes to get into these tussles. He likes to try and sh- like get the shits up. One of his kind of, his opposite numbers. Um, so let's just give him a go for a bit, I think. Do I think Conte actually will, though? No. I think as soon as Emerson's back from his suspension, he's going to be starting games again. So, there we have it. Um, man, Rodrigo Bentancourt is... I'm starting to fall onto the, the hype train, you know? I'm starting to feel like this guy's kind of got the Dembele vibe about him. He does, you know? It's... He is suddenly becoming one of our most essential players. Um, he's just so so solid. A lot of these, you know, we were talking about sort of kind of how calm and effective we've been that we're just getting these wins done. You know, the last time we were playing kind of like this was Pete Pochettino when we had Wanyama and Dembele at the peak of their powers when we could just kind of quite comfortably sit in a game and know that we were going to limit the opposition and their chances um, and in Hoybier and Bantanker we are really starting to feel that um, obviously an amazing assist by Bantanker and an amazing finish really from Hoybier really smart neat little kind of floated placed finish Um He's, I said it, yeah, Hoybier has been our player of the season. Um, but Bentancar isn't far behind. They are just 
they're a unit, the two of them, really. That's the thing. And that's why it's hard to kind of judge them individually. You know, when we always used to have the whole, who's better out of Jan or Toby? I, an intellectual, would often say, I don't really want to compare them because I think they're just, uh, you know, a symbiotic unit <laughs> that they are, they come as a as a package. And I kind of am starting to feel that with, Hoybier and Bentanko, and it was great seeing after Hoybier scored, him kind of running up to celebrate with Bentanko. You can tell the two of them are really starting to feel it for one another, that sort of partnership that they're building. Um, I mean, just Bentanko, he's massive. You know, he's a big guy. He's an athlete. He's so fit. He's so strong. His passing's brilliant. And uh, in terms of the Dembele vibe, he hates shooting as well. So, you know, that's something they both have in common. Um, thankfully Hoybier doesn't and he got us a goal tonight Huminson he's going up through the gears again isn't he um, Good, I thought really good performance from Son tonight really good performance um, he had that one really lovely dribble where he kind of knocked the ball behind his legs um, to sort of confuse whoever it was that was trying to tackle him and he ended up sort of doing the wrong thing. He could have passed the ball and he went for like a long shot that clattered into, I think it was Tarkovsky or Cody. Um, but he, I think he he caused Everton problems all night. They hate him already because of the Andre Gomez um, stuff. Stuff, you know, Andre, it was Andre Gomez, wasn't it? Broke his leg. Um, Son's rush tackle. So Everton, yeah, they do have a sort of weird hatred for him. Um but good performance tonight. Him and H kind of linking up really nicely. Um, good performance. I'm glad to see Son sort of getting back to his best. Disappointing. He had that one free kick he, that he was allowed to take at last. I'd be interested to know the conversations in the changing rooms that have come to see Son now taking a free kick for Tottenham. Um I wonder if Harry has just been sat down by everyone and they've given him the, look, mate, give it to Son. There's no good. But um, you're no good. Um, but Son's free kick was fucking terrible as well. So, you know, you were supposed to be the chosen one, as the meme doth say. Richarlison, yeah, not much more to say than what we've been talking about for the past sort of couple of weeks that this system doesn't suit him. He tries his best, but God, this sounds harsh, but the best thing he did today was get injured and mean that we could switch the three, five, two. I feel for the lad at the moment. I really do. Um, I don't really think he's doing anything wrong. I just don't think he's been played in a position that suits him. Um, Eve Basuma, when he did come on, I'll talk about him as well with those two, but I sort of talk, talked about him at the start. He was, he was very good, very, very solid performance. Um, I'd be really, really... Because it's very hard, right? If, if Conte wants to say with the two in the middle, you can't break up Bentanko and Hoybier now. You can't, you just, you cannot, you can't do that. Maybe over the course of this this busy period, maybe we'll have to. Um, and I would be kind of interested to see uh, Bissouma and Skip play together that's kind of what you want the Carabao Cup for isn't it to try those kind of um, outlying types of combinations and stuff but I think that I think Carabao's not here until after the World Cup 
correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so, yeah, you know, unlucky Richarlison. Uh, Harry Kane, I thought he was probably man in the match today. As I was saying at the top, classic Harry Kane performance. Dogged, running at the opposition, took his penalty really well, was linking up play really nicely, was strong, like strong. And you forget this, man. Like, yeah, all right, he's not freakish like Haaland, but who who the fuck is? But he's, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a fucking unit, um, Harry. And he was sort of displaying it because they were a big physical team, Everton, right? Tarkovsky, Cody, um, in particular, were, they were at him quite a lot today. Um, and he wasn't really giving them anything. Um, it was really, really good. Really good performance from him. Obviously good for the national team to see him building up ahead of steam, ahead of the World Cup. That's what, nine goals in 10 games now? It's an unbelievable goal return. You know, we can't just let Haaland's freakish individual ability and the team he plays in sort of allowing him to fully showcase his freakish ability detract from the fact that Harry Kane is having an unbelievable season. I mean, it you wouldn't be surprised if he's going to hit another 30 Premier League goals this year. If not, hit that HK35 as Ricky um started at the at the top of the season. Let's just keep this momentum, you know. There's another big win. That's a 100% record at home. It might not always be the prettiest. And I'm telling myself this as much as anything, but we're getting the results. You know, it was kind of, it was that thing the other day when, like I was saying, I was talking about the Emerson Royale thing and people were digging me out. It wasn't even kind of really fighting Emerson's cause. I was just basically making the point that I don't think he's that bad. My point to that is like, top of our Champions League group and we're third in the Premier League, you know? Emerson Royale's played a lot of that, but f- I don't want to say this about Emerson Royale. Basically, top of the top of the Champions League group, third in the Premier League, we're a point off the top of the Premier League. Toughest league in Europe. We're doing all right, you know? We're doing more all right. Um, so let's just... Let's just hope for a Leeds win tomorrow and I think people will start to feel a little bit more... I mean, it's not going to happen, is it? We don't need to worry about it. I mean, I, I tell you, this is the thing people keep saying, don't don't talk about them, but I, it really, to me, it what they are doing is overshadowing what we're doing this season and that is, I think, not allowing a lot of Spurs fans to enjoy what is a brilliant season so far. If it was Liverpool at the top of the league right now, replace just... Swap Arsenal and Liverpool right now. We'd be, I'm telling you, we would be buzzing about this season right now. And it just feels like people aren't, but we should be. We should be fucking excited about what's going on. And like I say, I'm not preaching to anybody. I'm telling myself this as much as anything. Um, but that I think that's quite enough for one day, don't you? So if you have enjoyed it, thank you very much. Please let me know that via... <laughs> liking and subscribing no but leave us a review leave us a rating on your chosen podcast platform please just retweet retweet the tweets that have all the kind of podcasts in it quite a few people have uh, been doing that lately i really appreciate that um got a really nice one the other day from let me just find him 
Da, da, da. Big White Heart Lane at Big White HRT Lane. Um, he he did a really nice quote tweet of it. Shared it to uh, to his followers. Got a few new followers, a few new listeners. You know, so I really appreciated that, mate. Um, so if you are if you are enjoying the pod this year, please uh, do like I say, share it. Um, times are hard, times are horrible, but if you can help support the show please do visit the buy me a coffee link in the bio on the Twitter account. Um, you can kind of support the show from as little as one pound a month. Um, or you can just buy a one time kind of thing. That's the whole point of buying me a coffee. But if you can't, don't worry about it. I appreciate everybody who can though. Thank you very much. Um, come on, you Spurs. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.